Volume two, chapter fourteen of Garcia Marino by Augustine Berth. The Slippervox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Excommunicated Mesquera, eighteen sixty three. We left Mesquera on the borders of Carchi, waiting for the moment to swoop down on Ecuador with his worthy friend Urbina. On the fifteenth of August, he threw off the mask and put forth the following manifesto Let us march to the frontier to plant the tree of liberty. The people of Ecuador need our good offices to substitute republican principles for the theocratic oppression under which they groan. Illustrious defenders of the right, apostles of radical doctrines, the republics of the Latin race reckon upon you to defend American independence. This wretched man was the hero without heart or bowels of mercy, who had just driven into exile his own brother, the venerable Bishop of Bogoto, and of whom Pius IX had said, Mosquera is walking with rapid steps towards the hell open to receive him, and whom he ended by excommunicating in a famous encyclical in which he enumerated all the criminal and sacrilegious acts of which he had been guilty, in which he concluded with the words, Let him tremble while he remembers these words of our Lord. Terrible will be the judgment of those who abuse their power. Between the liberty preached by this man and that of the children of God, the people of Ecuador could not hesitate for a moment. No sooner had Mosquera's proclamation appeared than protests came from every part of the country, repudiating the union with Colombia, and expressing their devoted attachment to their own independence and their determination to maintain the Catholic faith. The two chambers met at once, and after two days' debate, both sent messages to Garcia Marino, condemning Mosquera's proclamation as an insult to the nation, and equivalent to a declaration of war. Garcia Marino replied, that the enthusiastic support of the people and their representatives was the best answer to the provocations of the 15th of August, that to those who wished to destroy her independence, sully her honor, and annihilate her religion, Ecuador had answered by rising as one man, not to attack, but to defend herself. The union, or rather the absorption of Ecuador by Colombia, would be antipathetic to our character, prejudicial to our interests, and radically impossible, if brought about by threats and injuries. Ecuador wishes to remain free and independent, and rather than submit to such dishonor, she would prefer to be sunk in the sea or be engulfed in the lava of her volcanoes. In spite of this declaration of war on both sides, Garcia Marina wished to exhaust all possible means of conciliation. He sent, therefore, Dr. Antonio Flores, the son of the general-in-chief of the army, with full powers to conclude, if possible, a treaty of peace with Mosquera, but it was impossible to come to any terms with such a man. Finally, Mosquera sent the most insulting messages to Garcia Marino, prohibited all intercourse or commerce with Ecuador, and wrote to General Flores that he would speedily annihilate him and his army on the battlefield. Finding that nothing could be done, Flores crossed the Carchi on the 22nd of November with 6,000 men. The danger of his position, however, was very great. He had been compelled to leave his best troops at Guayaquil to guard against the attack of Urbina, who, with the connivance of Peru, had organized an invasion from the port of Peta. The greater part of the men he had with him were undisciplined and had never been under fire, but what was still more serious was that his spies were sold to Mosquera and deceived him in every particular. The result was a defeat at Cuaspud, which was aggravated by the treachery of some of the officers of Flores's army. This defeat spread consternation throughout Ecuador, and on the 8th of December, Garcia Marino issued the following proclamation. My countrymen, it has pleased God to try us. We have only to adore his unfathomable designs. Two officers, arriving at Ibarra, 
have brought the news of the defeat of our army at Crossbud, and though the details have not yet come to hand, there is no doubt of the fact. People of Ecuador, today, more than ever, great efforts are wanting to save religion in our country. Today, more than ever, we must oppose to our unjust aggressor the barrier of heroic courage and invincible constancy. To arm, then, sons of Ecuador, fly to the frontier to fill up the ranks in our little army. Let us first implore the mercy of the Most High, and, strong in his support, we shall obtain victory and peace. The answer was immediate. From one end to the other, the people of Ecuador flew to arms. We will not allow, exclaimed the men of Quito, that a handful of savages should profane our soil and our churches. We are not going to wait with our arms folded till the barbarian, Mosquera, whose hands are red with the blood of our brothers, comes to break in pieces our holy images, shut up our churches, and banish our priests. We will show the whole world that we know how to fight for the religion of Christ and for our country, that double and precious heritage which we will leave intact to those who may come after us, let it cost us what it may. This was the language on all sides. A new army was quickly organized, of between seven thousand and eight thousand men, all determined to fight to the death in defense of their faith, their homes, and their country. At the sight of this universal rising, Mosquera lost heart. Instead of marching on Quito, and there dictating his conditions, as he had pompously announced, he proposed an armistice of some days to treat for peace. But all the while, the traitor, in company with Urbina, was organizing a revolution, and declaring Garcia Moreno's government at an end, and Urbina president in his place. Fortunately, the people were sound at heart and devoted to their chief. The conspirators reckoned on finding adherents in all the provinces, but found themselves entirely mistaken. They were received everywhere with indignation. At Quinche, they only saved themselves from assassination by flight, and at last driven from one town to another, they were captured and given up into the hands of justice. Mosquera, finding himself thus deceived, signed a treaty at Pensasqui, which stipulated for the instant re-establishment of peace with Ecuador. He wrote also to Urbina, advising him to be reconciled with his enemies, a piece of advice which only made Urbina more furious. As for Mosquera, he returned to New Granada, and there continued to shoot and imprison every one who was opposed to him, until at last the unhappy Colombians rose up against this wild beast and drove him from their country. He had the impudence to write to Garcia Marina and ask him for an asylum, but received this answer. Beware lest you put your foot within the territory of Ecuador, unless you wish to be instantly seized and shot. This enemy of God and men finally took refuge in Lima, the hotbed at that moment of revolutionists and traitors and so the Christian Marino triumphed over the excommunicated Mosquera. End of Part 2, Chapter 14